Thank you, Lord. Well, before we get started, hold up your word, if you would. Say the word of God. God. It is truth. truth. As I'm living the word, I am blessed. blessed. If I don't, I I won't be. be. It's just that simple. Amen. I screwed that up a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how, but I was close. I was close. (laughs) Jesus prayed, or he showed us how to pray in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. He said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody say, "On on earth as it is in heaven. Be encouraged this morning if you look at your life and the circumstances and situations of your life. If there's any area of your life that is not heaven on earth, it's God's will that those circumstances and situations change today. Amen? There's power in the name of Jesus that is uh, over, it has dominion over circumstances and situations. And he gave us use of his name to bring his will to this earth. And his will on this earth is heaven on earth. Amen. He said, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no broken relationships in heaven. There's no dysfunctional families, whatever that means, in heaven. Amen? There's no poverty in heaven. Things are right in heaven. He said, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now it's up to you and me to implement that will. It's up to you and me to submit ourselves to his will to allow his will to manifest through us so that you and I are spreading and experiencing heaven on earth. Amen? Everybody say, it's possible. possible. There's a name that uh, you and I can speak today that will change our circumstances and change situations. Amen? All hell trembles when we speak this name. And all heaven stands at attention when we speak this name. And uh, it's the highest name in the universe. This name is the difference maker. And uh, this name is the difference maker between our home being filled with life or being filled with death. This name is the difference between our life or our homes being filled with light or our homes being filled with darkness. This name is the difference between where we work and the environment that we're in and wherever we have influence and the places that we occupy. The difference between those places being filled with darkness and those be places being filled with light. Amen. The book of Philippians chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 says being found in appearance as a man Jesus humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's been given the highest name in the universe. Amen. And he's given you and I use of that name to bring his will to pass on the earth. The book of um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, he's the same today, he's the same forever. 
And uh, when Jesus walked on the earth, he brought healing, he brought hope, he brought deliverance and salvation everywhere that we, he went. Um, when, when he came on the scene and when he touched someone or he spoke a word, life was on the scene. Amen? Darkness fled and light invaded the scene. And uh, he's the same. You know, most people probably, <clears throat> I, I, I got to stop doing this every time I share. But the church I grew up in, it was full of good people, but they didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They never preached the word of God. And they didn't believe that the power of God was for today to operate in our lives today. But Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same power and authority and anointing that Jesus walked in on the earth when he was here physically, that same power is available to you and I today to, to allow God to manifest his love to us to bring his will to pass on the earth. Amen. Everybody say, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. My, uh, uh, some friends of mine, uh, uh, from college, uh, J.R. and Anita McGee, uh, they go to uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, and uh, God has just completely transformed their life out there. Um, it's uh, if you've heard of G Jesus Culture, that was their youth band, and so out of that church uh, have come uh, has come some amazing worship. And, and so there's a satellite church out of Bethel in Cleveland, and so he and his wife and their family they're uh, praying about moving to Cleveland, and uh, looked up their um, uh, the website the other day of that satellite church and it said uh heaven on earth amen that's the plan heaven on earth so i want you to be encouraged uh this morning if you feel like you've been stuck in a situation for years and years breakthroughs coming amen everybody say breakthrough, breakthrough. it's coming and uh, if, if it may be a financial situation that you just feel like you've been stuck in or a job that's not fulfilling or not satisfying or whatever it may be or a family situation or a relationship situation where breakthrough is needed, be encouraged this morning because there's power in the name of Jesus to change those situations. Amen? I, uh, I was working at... Uh, in uh, 2007, uh, this was about September of 2007, I was working at a local bank called Bank of Indiana. Uh, it's not around anymore, so I can talk bad about them. <laughs> but um, I said in the first service, if you could write a management book on how not to do everything, yes, that was it. So um, just, just a really bad situation. Um, uh, and, and really not a great place to work. And so every, every time I went to, you know, just a lot of strife and division and weird stuff, right, happening. And so uh, when I would go to work uh, every morning as I pulled in the parking lot, just get a bad feeling in my stomach and uh, just felt like I was, uh, felt like darkness and I didn't want to be there. And so, um, but, you know, in the midst of those situations, you have a positive attitude and try to be a blessing wherever you're at, right? So, um but I did. I asked the Lord, and I, and, I, and I prayed, and I don't remember if it was one time or multiple times, but I began to ask the Lord in the name of Jesus if he would make a way out of that for me. And um, I don't remember what day of the week it was, but it was after 5 o'clock, and everybody else had left, and it's when the phones automatically would push an incoming call to voicemail. And, uh, but for whatever reason, I noticed the phone was blinking that day and it wasn't my line. It was the person in the office next to me. It was, uh, blinking. And so I went ahead and picked it up, 
which you normally would not do. You just, you know, the system would push it to voicemail. But I picked it up, and it was a corporate recruiter, and uh, he was calling for the guy next to me on behalf of a different bank. And uh, we, we began to, you know, uh, struck up a conversation and developed an immediate rapport. And uh, he liked me, which is his job. He's supposed to, and I'm supposed to like him. That's what they do. But... <laughs> It was amazing because he wasn't looking for me, and he wasn't looking to find a job on behalf of this other place that he got me into. And, and, and so we started talking, and, and he said, you know what? There's a bank in northwest Indiana, and uh, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> he said, there's a bank in northwest Indiana that I think you could flourish in that environment, and I think they would appreciate the kind of person you are. And so uh, he said, I'm, I'm good friends with their president. He said, let me, whatever. And so uh, he called some people. And, and here's the amazing thing is that, um, well, then he went on to say that they have a, a new presence in Lafayette, I think. And he said, I think they're, they're wanting to grow their presence there. And so the, uh, the, the corporate strategy for the bank was they, they go into the, their headquarters are in Maryville, but then they go into these outlying markets with two commercial lenders per market. And then when they get to a certain threshold, then they can justify adding more. Um, and, and, and so that was kind of the plan. And so uh, in general, the plan was to start with two and then add a third person after five years. Well, they'd only been in Lafayette for about nine months uh, when I came on the scene and they already had two people. But, um, I interviewed for the first time up there, and uh, uh, despite how crappy I probably interviewed, God's favor was on me from the moment I started talking to those people, and he gave me favor with them, and, uh, uh, and, and before long, a door opened up, and I went to work for them, and um, you've probably seen some of the advertisements, but in the last uh, uh, I think seven years, it's been recognized as the top five place to work in the state. Three years ago, recognized as the number one place to work in the state with uh, uh, employers of 500 or more employees. And so just, just an awesome culture to be a part of that's full of caring people. And uh, I really enjoy working there. I don't know if I'm called to be in banking forever, probably not, but, but for the season that I'm there, I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I look forward to going to work every day. There's nothing not to like. It's a complete, you know, opposite side of the coin from where I was before, and I believe that God supernaturally opened up that door for me so I could be in a caring environment that I enjoy to be in. Amen? So if you're in a place where you don't want to be, everybody say, breakthrough's coming. There's power in the name of Jesus, and if, if we'll be sensitive to hear his voice and stand in faith and believe and pray in the mighty name of Jesus, his hand will move on our behalf. Amen? So I want to encourage you this morning that uh, if you feel like you've been stuck in a situation, you're not going to be stuck for long. His favor is on your life, and breakthrough's coming. And uh, we're going to pray at the end of the service. And uh, if, if you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, we're going to pray for you at the altar today. And we're just going to agree that God's power will be here in the name of Jesus to make a difference today. Amen? Hallelujah. You may be uh, here this morning and struggling with a, a habit 
that has uh, held you captive for many years. And uh, maybe you've been trying to break free of this habit, but for whatever reason you haven't been able to, there is sufficient power in the name of Jesus to break you free of that habit. Amen? My brother was a slave to nicotine his entire adult life. And maybe uh, many of you have probably heard uh, his testimony, um, but... Um, I don't know when he started smoking cigarettes, but it was, it was when he was young. I don't know if it was age 12 or whatever it was, but, you know, when I was a little boy, I found some of his cigarettes in his guitar case, and I showed mom, and she freaked out, right? It's like, ah, right? But um, anyway, so he, he wanted to be free, right? He didn't want to be held captive to that habit, but uh, he did, did not seemingly have the power to, uh, to overcome it. And uh, he called me uh, one time on, an, on a separate matter, and, and, and I went up to visit him, and I was in his office, and he was completely open to allow God to touch his life, even though he was not born again yet. He, began, he got born again that day, but uh, he was completely open to the power of God to touch his life that day. I put my left hand on his chest and my right hand on his back, and we prayed, and he trembled, and he cried, and the anointing and power of God showed up, and he was delivered, and he never smoked another cigarette after that day. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> And he was, uh, I believe, 47 at the time. So he, you know, he'd smoked his whole life and uh, wanted to be free. And I found this uh, note the other day. It's been longer than the other day. It's been a while. But I found a note from uh, my niece, uh, his daughter. And uh, she had sent me a little letter. And she was uh, oh, probably 12 or 13 at the time, you know, real young, maybe older than that. But she said, uh, Uncle Dan, she goes, I don't know what happened uh, to my dad, but our home is completely different. Amen. She said, there's peace. The house doesn't smell like smoke anymore. And all the ashtrays are gone. Everybody say, there's power, there's power. in the name of Jesus. Smoking will not send us to hell. We'll just smell like we've been there, like Pastor Bill says. Amen. All right. Hey, the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We just need to give people what we have. And we all have this power resident on the inside of us. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, said, Now Peter and John went up together to the uh, temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter, uh, Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. Everybody say, What I do have. What I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took the man by the right hand and lifted him up immediately his feet. His ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, he stood and he walked and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he who sat begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to the man. Then in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 1, Mark 5 is a story of a hurting and broken man. I used to think he was crazy, but I don't think so anymore. I think he was just hurting and broken. The book of Mark chapter 5, 
Because I'd say most often crazy just means hurting and broken. You know? Mark chapter 5, verse 1 says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs. So this man was living in the graveyard, evidently. Out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains. He had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Crying and cutting. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. He cried out with a loud voice, and he said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Jesus said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, he said, What is your name? And he answered, and he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country, for now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus. They said, send us to the swine that we may enter them. At once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus, and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and who had the legion. He was sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and all the people were afraid. Amen? Amen. Amazing. You know, sometimes if people hear that you go to Victory Christian Center, they might ask you, what do you think about, what do you think about women pastors? There's a woman pastor over there. They might say, what do you think about women pastors, right? And so I've been asked, um, I've been asked that question a few times, right? And, and, and so I said, I don't know what I think. No, I said, I don't think what, well, whatever I said. Here, I said, here's what I know. I said, I don't know what I think, but here's what I know. Um, when we had first started coming to, uh, to Victory, um, you know, when I was in college and when I first got out of college, um, I did some, some things that weren't so godly. And so I had opened the door and allowed things into my life that were not supposed to be there. And, uh, and so I don't remember what day it was, but an altar call was, was made. And I made my way down to the altar. And Pastor Pam prayed for me. And I wound up on the floor. I said, what do you think about that being slain in the spirit? I don't know, but here's what I know. All of a sudden, I was on the floor. And she prayed for me. And... It took a while, but I screamed, and I howled, and I sweated, and I cried, and I was never the same since. Amen? Amen. And something came out of me. That's what I think about women pastors. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I think we're to the point now, though, it's got to be you, and it's got to be me. Amen? This is not about Pastor Bill and Pastor Pam. As much as we love them and respect them, it's time for you and it's time for me to take this same anointing into this community and heal brokenhearted people. Amen? Amen. People that are held captive, it's time for you and it's time for me to do it. On a Wednesday night, um, not long, I, I don't know if it was before that or after that. Hopefully it was before, I don't remember. But anyway, on a Wednesday night, 
Um, Diane Hughes, if you remember Diane, this is weird, but this happened, okay? Uh, Diane Hughes and her husband, Mel, uh, powerful couple that helped start the church with Pastor Bill and, Pastors Bill and Pam. And um, on a Wednesday night, I met them over there by that wall right there. And, uh, and I told Diane, I said, I had a dream, and there was a snake wrapped around my head, and I couldn't get free of it. And she put her hands on my head, and she started to pray, and her husband Mel put his hands on my chest and my back, and they prayed, and happened again. <laughs> I didn't fall down this time, but the power of God was there, and I may have had a generally positive attitude, but I didn't have peace. And after they prayed for me, that thing left, and it has not come back, and I had peace. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, there's power, there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't know why this man in Mark 5 lived in a graveyard. I don't know why he was so hurting and so broken, crying and cutting. But um, I don't know if it's something that was done to him or mistakes that he had made or guilt he was living with or whatever the situation was. But he was hurting and he was broken and he encountered the love of God through Jesus and he was never the same. Amen. His power is available to you and to me through the use of his name to bring healing and hope and salvation and deliverance. It's available to you and I, and we access it. We access it through faith in his name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to share it with you just quickly. There's this progression of power and this progression of the use of his name that we see in the New Testament. Most people have no problem with saying that, yes, everywhere Jesus went, he made a difference. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought healing. But then sometimes it stops there and, and people don't have confidence to think that God could do that through them or that it's not available to us today, but it is, amen? And we see this progression in, in Matthew chapter 8. I'm just reading the subtitles in my Bible here, not reading the actual scriptures, but Matthew 8, Jesus cleansed a leopard, a, not a leopard, <laughs> be healed leopard, turn into a cheetah. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> Jesus cleansed a leper, then uh, Jesus healed a centurion's servant, then uh, Peter's mother-in-law got healed, then it said many were healed after the Sabbath sunset, and then the winds and the waves obeyed when Jesus spoke. And then two demon-possessed men were healed. And then, uh, I'm going to go down and read some scriptures now. Hope that's okay if I read the Bible. I figure I can't go wrong if I just keep reading the Bible. Amen. Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And then Matthew 12, 15. Matthew 12, 15 says, when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Everybody say all. all. He healed them all. And then Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. We see this progression happen though. Because in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, 
Actually, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Luke before you go to that one. Go to Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Luke 6, 17 through 19, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch Jesus for power went out from him and healed them all amen, amen. but then we see this awesome thing happen we see him begin to take what is in him and give it to others Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 Matthew 10, 1, when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then Luke 10, verse 1. He gave it to his 12 disciples, and then he calls 70 others to him. And, and, and Luke 10, 1, he says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Jesus said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Well, the laborers are multiplying because he's taking what's in him and giving it to others. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then verse 9 says, Heal the sick there. Say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. And then verse 17, The seventy returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Everybody say, In his name. Y'all have heard of y'all. I don't even know what state I'm in. Y'all have heard, all right? You've heard of power of attorney. And uh, Google knows a lot, so I asked Google what power of attorney was. And uh, definition. A power of attorney is a legal document that gives someone you choose the power to act in your place. With a valid power of attorney, the trusted person you name will be legally permitted to take care of important matters for you. Jesus has given us power of attorney to use his name. Amen? Uh, my, my largest customer at the bank, the, they've grown so fast, and the CEO is traveling so much that he, he doesn't have time anymore to come to the loan closings. But the problem is we need his personal guarantee because he's the one with all the money. And so if the loan goes bad, we're, they're tracking him down, right? <clears throat> and so we need him to sign a personal guarantee on these $10 million loans. And so he has given the CFO of their company who doesn't have any money personally. I'm sure he's got a little, but not like the CF CEO, right? Well, the CEO has given the CFO power of attorney to sign on his behalf. And the bank recognizes that signature just as if the CEO signed it because there's a power of attorney in place. 
and the signature of the CEO signed personally on behalf of the CEO provides the same personal guarantee as if the CEO had signed it himself. Jesus said in John 16, 7, he called his disciples together and uh, he began to tell them about what was going to happen. And he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And I have to think, especially Peter, as bold as he was, I would have to think that he would have said, wait, I left my job, I, I left my family, I left my home, I left the comforts of whatever I had to follow you, and you're telling me that it's to my advantage if you go away. They had to question that statement, right? But the reason it was to their advantage that he would go away because soon afterward the Holy Spirit would be poured out, deposited into their hearts, and now each of them would have the same power, the same anointing, the same authority to minister just like Jesus ministered, and it would not be geographically limited. Isn't that awesome? The same Holy Spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts, it's been poured out into our hearts, and you and I have that same authority, that same power, that same anointing to walk in, in, to, in this community everywhere that we go, in our homes, in our jobs, in this community where there's hurting and broken people. They're everywhere, amen? Seemingly like a lot more than there used to be as America continues to seemingly go a different direction than what God has for them. They're hurting people. They're everywhere. And uh, the motive is love. Amen? It's not so you and I can look spiritual. It's not so you and I can know how anointed we are or how special we are or how much we've been in the Bible. It's so that God's love can manifest through us to bring heaven on this earth to hurting and broken people. Amen? Luke 10, I'll finish that. Luke 10, 17 says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, Well, yes, I understand that because I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven because Jesus was there at the very beginning. He was there. He saw the devil get kicked out of heaven. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he said, now I've been given the highest name in the universe and he is subject to me now. And now I give you that same authority. So when you go out and you encounter hurting and broken people, I no longer have to be there because I give you the authority to operate in my name. Amen? It's awesome. Give the Lord a hand this morning. He said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So first we saw Jesus doing it himself. Then he commissioned the 12 disciples. Then he commissioned and gave that same authority to 70 then we see him giving that same power and authority to all of us. Uh, Mark 16. Mark 16, starting in verse 15. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be, will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover." 
And then we see this playing out in Acts chapter 5. Acts 5, verses 12 through 16. Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, uh, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they, they brought the sick out into the streets. They laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a great multitude uh, gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Amen? And we'll wrap it up with this. John 16, 24. After Jesus told them it was to their advantage that he would go away, Uh, verse 24, Jesus said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. He said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I just think it's amazing that God would entrust us with the use of his name. Isn't it awesome? I just think it's amazing that the creator of the universe would entrust his creation with power of attorney and full authority and power to use his name to allow his will to manifest in this earth. Everybody say heaven, heaven. on earth. Amen. You know, we, we pray in the name of Jesus, and uh, sometimes I think it... I don't know if we take it for granted, but maybe it becomes a religious thing and we just say it without really thinking about it much. But when we throw a different name in there, right? Brad's a great guy, right? And this morning, we are just going to, because he's such a great guy, we're going to pray in the name of Brad this morning, right? If you need a breakthrough this morning, there's power in the name. No, there's not power in the name of Brad, right? As awesome as he is, right? We've not been given power of attorney to use his name when we pray. Matter of fact, it sounds weird, right? In the name of Brad. No. Well. But we've been given permission and delegated authority to use his name. Amen. The, uh, the motive, um, I believe God's heart behind this, uh, the reason he gave us this power and this authority is to manifest his will on this earth and to manifest his love on this earth. Amen. And uh, John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. In Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The use of Jesus' name is to demonstrate his great love for us. We use his name in power. Not to demonstrate how powerful we are, not so we get attention, but that so people are loved, amen, so that people experience God's love on this earth. People who are struggling, struggling to find purpose, struggling to find peace, struggling with addiction, struggling with overcoming destructive habits, 
Anything that's holding them back from being all God has called us to be, he's given you, he's given me the power and the authority to use his name. And uh, I got a short video uh, for you this morning that to me is just an awesome, uh, awesome show of, uh, of people coming home, right? And uh, God's will uh, for all of broken humanity to come home to him. And when they come home to him, they not only find caring arms that are open, but they find power that's sufficient to take care of their needs. Amen. seen her son in a year and a half.
my god. What? Turn around. Please welcome home your son, Lieutenant Charles Draper. Oh, Daddy! Oh, story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. This young man asked for half of his inheritance, went and wasted it, lost it all, felt ashamed of himself, felt guilty, sorry for what he'd done, and uh, he was expecting to be met with a heavy hand when he got home. But verse 20 said, the young man arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and his father had compassion. He ran, he fell on his neck and he kissed him. His son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to be merry. 
There's power in the name of Jesus. And it's resident in you and it's resident in me. And when people run back to their heavenly father, they're going to see his love in you. They'll see him love his love in us. They'll be met with an embrace, and they'll be met with the power that's in the name of Jesus to set them free what's holding them captive. Amen? Let's all bow our heads this morning all across the room. If, if you're here and you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, if you could come down to the altar right now, let's all stand up this morning. If you need a breakthrough, we want to pray with you. There's sufficient power in the name of Jesus to set you free and to minister to you, to break free of anything and everything that's been holding you captive. So with uh, let's all bow our heads for just a moment all across the room here this morning. If you're here and you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, we want to pray and agree with you this morning in Jesus' name. God's love is here for you. <clears throat> He is the God of the breakthrough. He is for you, not against you. He's fighting on your behalf. He'll go ahead of you and open up doors that no man can shut, make a way for you, and provide the breakthrough that you need in your life. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.